Mass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keel Guard Studios. Yo, 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 what's up, Bass Edge Nation? Bringing to you another great episode of Bass Edge Radio. Episode 306, January. It's not January. It's so hot, I'm losing my mind. It's June 15th. So welcome to the June 15th episode. Aaron, what you got, Bubba? Man, we are halfway through the year, and we're just getting warmed up, Kurt. You know, it's that time of year when lots and lots of pleasure boaters are out on the water. But that's okay. We can still cast in between their wakes, right? But one thing you don't want to be without, and that is all the MegaWare products on the boat, from the Scuff Buster to the flex step to the first do-it-yourself keel protector the list goes on and on the pontoon guard everything what you need to know can be found on keelguard.com proud partners of bass edge since the beginning over 306 episodes kurt a lot of stuff going on in the fishing industry yeah it continues to be very busy we talked a little bit about that in our june one episode i just finished up two weeks of my youth fishing camp down here at lake amistad threw up a couple social post there on the Bass Edge uh, social media platform, so you can check out that and my own platforms as well. And and uh, if anybody's interested in um, Session 3, we've got Session 3, our New York session coming up at the end of August, so uh, check out uh, what we did out here at Lake Amistad in the early part of June in Session 1 and 2. Man, Bass Camp, dude, Aaron, it is a ton of fun. Yeah, a ton of fun, and I know they sure get a lot out of it, and so do you, but you were sold out the first two sessions, correct? Yeah, totally sold out. You know, it is definitely caught on here in Texas. We've got a huge high school program, and there are kids coming out of the woodwork wanting to extend their education in the bass fishing community. So down here at Lake Amistad, where you catch a ton of fish and fish with some awesome instructors, FLW Tour pros, MLF pros, Bass Elite Series anglers, just all kinds in the mix, and some of the best uh, as well local regional anglers in the country down here in South Texas. So um, awesome to have that as part of the process. I got to give a quick shout out to uh, Jake Kumar over there at Bass Blaster, man. Just been reading up on some of the latest news and, and happenings in the industry. Of course, we've got iCast coming up in July. So lots of new things getting ready to come out and new information. And you can follow all that along right there on Jay Kumar's Bass Blaster. If you have not subscribed, you can do so. Just shoot Jay a quick email, BassBlaster at BassGold com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it right here on Bass Edge Radio. Yeah, speaking of news, Kurt, I'm assuming you're familiar with the big announcement with the U.S. Open, the one bass that's going to be held and kind of what they've been doing. Dude, unbelievable. So, yes, Aaron, as you're aware, I've been fishing the U.S. Open the last two years. We've been taking some promotional activities from Hayabusa, Hayabusa Fishing Hooks, the company that I, I work with um, out there to the U.S. Open. So I've had the uh, privilege to fish them the last two years. And, man, this is just a super fun event, shared weight format, West Coasts, no doubt, biggest event, the most historical event that happens on the West Coast. And Billy Egan from One Bass has up the ante even more. Last year, he filled the field at his prospective 225 boats. This year, he wants to get 250 boats and 
They are giving away $100,000 in cash to the first place finisher along with a Bass Cat boat MSRP at over $65,000. That's $165K to the winner. That's got to rank up there with some of the top payouts, doesn't it, Kurt? Dude, it does. It actually, if my math is correct, it would put it at the third largest payout bass fishing event for first place in bass fishing industry period wow. so uh again that's for first place you got basically the classic you've got the flw cup and still not quite seeing what the red crest is going to happen with mlf yet but that puts one bass right there so one bass west coast fishermen having a Exciting. spot and oh dude it's amazing and they're getting more and more guys coming from the east coast to fish that thing just because it's such a huge event and just a fun event so um anyway man a lot's going on we've got more to talk about in our next segment but first before we get there we've got a tackle tip brought to us from protecttheharvest.com listen up this episode's protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with BASS Elite Series Pro, Chad Pipkins. Man, anytime you're out there targeting big fish, you got to keep a couple things in mind. You have to have the right rod for the job. For me, I was catching some of these mega bags cranking big crankbaits. So I was throwing a eight-foot sweet mad crankiness rod. That's a sweet eight-foot cranking rod in order to get that big plug out. The key is getting the bait down to the depth where those fish are at. So you've got to be able to make a long cast. So you need a rod that's going to get that bait out there. But you also want a rod with a little bit of a softer tip and a parabolic bend to it. That way, you know, you're able to land these big fish because you don't want to hook them and not land them. So make sure you're pairing the right crankbait rods to drop. Great tip, Chad. Thanks. That was brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Kurt, we spend a tremendous amount of time talking about lures, talking about where to find the fish, patterns, moon phases, all of the stuff per se to actually getting that fish on the end of the line that's directly connected. But I want to kind of dive off into a little bit of the ancillary peripheral side of things here. And that is, you know, you are preparing for Lake Champlain. So with that being said, you know, most of us, whether we are preparing for a weekend trip, uh, maybe a bass club, or maybe it's a full-fledged tournament, we want to make sure that we're going to enjoy 
and be successful on the water. Walk me through kind of your prep, whether it's map study, whether it's looking at graphs, Google Earth, to going through your boat, to making sure that your ceramic is not busted out of the rod tips. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know, just give us a, a quick peek into your psyche of what you're doing to get ready for that? Well, so total review, I've got a big event coming up. One of the biggest events of my career, Lake Champlain, last regular season event of the FLW Tour. I am in currently 51st place, 17 points out of making the championship. So I'm number one, very excited. But I'm trying to keep that in perspective. You know, I'm trying not to dwell on it, you know, and and I'm not dwelling on it. I've got lots going on. As I mentioned, I just finished my kids' camps here, my youth fishing camps down here at Lake Amistad. So I've been crazy busy. I haven't had a ton of time to just be all in on thinking about Champlain, which is important to me. I don't want to overdo the process. But the things that I am prepared for, obviously, number one is the crazy trip that I've got, 37 hours from Del Rio, Texas to Plattsburgh, New York. <laughs> so I got my trailer ready, you know, got the boat ready, got all that stuff ready. But I've been watching weather and making sure I've kind of understood that. And I've been watching that since I left Chickamauga back in May. So just to kind of get a heads up on what's been going on and what the weather patterns have been, I think that's really, really important to give me some focus on, okay, I plop my boat into this sixth Great Lake in the United States, essentially. And, you know, where do I start? And and what do I want to start? And what do I want to focus on? And I think that's really important, picking an area of the lake and being the best in that area of the lake. I want to win the tournament. I don't need to win a tournament. I want to qualify for the Forestwood Cup. What I need to do is dial in on a starting position or a starting behavioral pattern of the fish of what I think they're going to do and then kind of adjust from there as practice progresses. So I've got my rods rigged, lures ready to rock and roll, kind of prepped everything. Probably spent a day and a half just to prep those things, getting ready for the event. So, um, you know, I say ready for the event before I even leave the house because after I drive for three days, I'm going to plan on getting there a day early just so I can recoup. From no doubt. You're saddle sore, man. <laughs> You're you no know, question. So uh, I'm taking this event not any different mentally than any other tournament that I fish, but um, definitely taking maybe, you know, getting there a little bit earlier and uh, getting some needed rest so I can focus and be ready to hit the water when practice starts. Because I've got three days to get comfortable with a pattern and a technique and an area of the lake so that I can capitalize and be the best in that area of the lake in that tournament. That's my goal. It's kind of an interesting way to look at it, but if I know if I'm the best in a particular area of the lake where I found some quality fish and some success to be had, then I'm going to meet my goal, which is to make the cup and have a quality finish there. Again, it's not so much that I'm in 51st place right now. It's that I'm 17 points out of the cup. That's really the focus. And the focus is, you know, catching enough fish to be the best angler that I can be on Lake Champlain that week and just leaving it on the table and let the cards fall where they be. And I'm going to leave there with no regrets. So that's how I've been preparing for the event. Awesome. I I like the uh, compartmentalization and it helps uh, kind of through your organization process 
time will tell, right? We'll see. Make sure everybody follows along on social. I'll be doing the, you know, as everybody knows, I, a lot of people know I've been doing my YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. You can catch up on my daily activities as far as, um, you know, the tournament itself. We'll be posting videos on the catches and what's going on. It's fun to have those YouTube deals and then follow up afterwards and kind of watch, not only just for, you know, the essence of, hey, this is about the tournament went down, but it's cool to watch yourself on techniques and how you're fishing and what kind of cover and just overall form and becoming a better angler by watching yourself. There's a reason why they watch tape and football and basketball and all those other sports, and we should be doing the same thing in fishing. So YouTube is a way to go. Make sure you're taping yourself. You want to become the best angler that you can become. Speaking of best anglers, who do you have on deck for us today? On deck today, we've got Brian Schmidt also getting ready to go fish FLW Tour Champlain. But more importantly, we're going to break down grass fishing in the summertime. He's an expert at it. Let's hear what Brian Schmidt's got to say right here on the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. I am BASS Elite Series Pro Chad Pipkins. This is Bass Master Classic Champion Casey Ashley. I am Marcus Sikora, FLW All-American Champion. This is FLW Tour Champion JT Kenny. And be sure to stay tuned right here to Bass Edge Radio. Know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Our featured angler in this episode is one of FLW's standout anglers. Seems to always be listed as a favorite and certainly a threat to win anytime there's grass in play on a body of water. Welcome to the show, FLW Tour Pro, Brian Schmidt. Thanks for chatting with us here on Bass Edge Radio, Brian. Hey, guys. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you big time for having me. I'm excited to talk about fishing. Well, Brian, it's always great to have you on the show and talk about fishing because obviously extremely knowledgeable across multi-species, but the reason I I really wanted to have you back on the show is because we have not had you on as a guest since you became tour roomies with my host Kurt Dove. So you've got to give us the dirty deets, the scoop, the skinny on Kurt as he is on the road fishing the tour. What is it like traveling with him? This could get ugly. (laughs) Yeah, this this is going to get ugly because I'm tired of, you know, me being a one voice and, you know, telling people how bad it is. Now I've got ammo. Brian's going to back me up. Well, I will tell you that he is very very organized it's it's, uh he's very well packed everything is right where it needs to be and i I think it kind of helps the group because you know i don't know about you guys but like if i'm unorganized or things aren't planned out well you can get a little stressed so kurt's prep you know with the lodging and everything's laid out well in advance very organized there's no questions on the sleeping arrangements the you know how we're going to work the meals everybody kind of takes a turn cooking and everything's laid out real professional like and it it goes a long way i don't really have any dirt on mr dove 
to be honest with you. I kind of enjoy travel with them. See, I'm a good boy, Aaron. You see that? <laughs> I I have become, and this is all positive, I've become the uh, lodging guru, I think. You know, I've been picking out a lot of the houses. I think what happened is I, I got lucky. You know, it's hard to get parking for, you know, three or four boats in on a property, right? But uh, we stay in houses and that kind of stuff, and I've got lucky a few times, but now – it's like I can't fail. You know, I have to put in major time to find you've the set, perfect you've play. You've set the bar high, man. Yeah, I have. I have. So uh, I got to keep Brian happy. Nah. <laughs> I got to keep Brian happy. You know, I get a little goofy out there sometimes, and Brian keeps me straight. He giggles at me now and then. But, you know, honestly, I got to admit, my eyes were really open when uh, a couple of mutual friends of ours, which at the time we didn't know each other almost at all. When I left Virginia and, and Brian lives there in Maryland, Maryland. When I left Virginia, Brian was, I don't know if he was just getting started, but he was just fishing more AAA events and things like that. And we fished a couple of events in the same tournaments, but didn't know each other. But we had uh, some mutual friends that uh, said, hey, you guys you guys should hook up now that you're both fishing the FLW Tour. And uh, man, it's been an awesome three years. I, I got to let everybody know that the coolest thing about Brian, he's all business. He's there to catch fish. Uh, we all are. But uh, Brian is business. And, and dude, he's a smart angler. You know, he's got this mindset that's just channeling, you know, kind of like, OK, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And and uh, he breaks down every fishery really quickly, makes great decisions. And that's a big reason for his success. And um, it's, it's something that's hard to explain to people. But his ground level thoughts are rock solid. Brian, can you explain some of that thought process and what leads you quickly to break down a fishery to be so successful? Well, yeah. I could tell you how I approach it and hopefully it'll come out the right way. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes those things are hard to explain, but the cool thing about the tour, we know where we're going. We know what time of year we're going. The only goofy variable sometimes is the weather. And, you know, what I think me and Kirk kind of do together is we don't really get into um, talking, you know, getting a lot of information. So, like, when we show up to an event, we've been to enough lakes. We've been to the Tennessee River. We've been to these high elevation impoundments, you know, your beaver lakes and stuff like that. We've been to your grass fisheries. We kind of know they're all similar. So we just show up and we try to fish the conditions. We pay attention to the moon and stuff like that. So a lot of our events are in the spring. They're spawn related. So we eliminate a lot of water really quickly, you know, and go in on what we believe to be the highest percentage of where the highest amount of fish should be or should be going to, you know. So like we show up at like a Lake Seminole, hands down, you can find fish shallow on Seminole. You know, it's a grass fishery. It's kind of a Florida fishery. We're not idling out on ledges. We're spending our time shallow. We take the three days of practice and we really use it to our advantage and not get too spun out on trying too many things. And sometimes we even keep it simple with what baits we use. Like my personal thing is whenever I show up on a body of water that has grass, I'm going to push that exclusively for two days in practice. I'm going to try to make sure I know that that grass bite exists or it doesn't. Because if it does, I have so much confidence in that, I feel I can fish that particular pattern well. To where if I got to be out on a ledge and using my electronics, I know what I'm looking at, but my experience level with that kind of fishing is not as high as grass. So I keep it simple in that aspect. I try to find something that fits me 
quickly. Well, speaking of that, Brian, you know, it is approaching that time of year when bank grass and deep grass are a uh, major factor on fisheries where vegetation is prevalent. What are you looking for during summer months that make a grass bed better than another? Well, first thing is the amount of it. So if you can find a lot of grass on, you know, a fishery that has large, large flats of it or just a ton of grass, hands down, you know they're using it. I don't care what time of year, but this time of year, you know they're using it. I mean, they'll get off the bank if there's some offshore grass. And the quickest, easiest thing for me to do, some people get overwhelmed when there's a lot of grass. I look for edges. Edges are the key because they're going to use it for ambush points, just like if it was a a ledge or a uh, boat dock or a seawall. They have to have something to their advantage to either corral the bait fish or, you know, just to cruise the edge of the grass looking for food. So that's it. I mean, I'm looking for edges right away. That doesn't work. I'll switch gears a little bit, move in, move in shallower, move to the thickest grass, therefore. But main thing is edge. Brian, when you talk about an edge, does it have to be a hard edge or can it be a tapering edge? Or what kind of edge, through your experience, do you feel like is the one? I feel all edges could play. So, like, you, you just dove into that. So, I've seen on some of their northern fisheries where it's a tapering edge. You know, you might have a nice little wall that tapers out, slowly comes out and makes a very defined edge, but you have some isolated clumps around the tapering edge, and that can be good. But it has to have some kind of ambush point is the biggest thing. Gotcha. It makes sense. Obviously, you grew up on the Potomac River area or or in rivers in general. As a matter of fact, you're out on the (laughs) – let's talk about that real quick. You're out on the Chesapeake Bay right now, aren't you? (laughs) As we speak, we are currently fishing for striped bass on the Chesapeake Bay. I'm actually in the cabin. I have the door shut. I got the fishing parties back there reeling in fish as we speak. Yes, sir. (laughs) We still need a couple more more keepers for our limit. That is awesome. So for folks that don't know, Brian runs a charter service. Service out of Deal, Maryland, Happy Harbor Marina to be specific. And uh, Brian does charter boat fishing for stripers. He does trophy striper fishing. And they even sometimes are out there catching spots and, and all kinds of stuff as the summer starts to heat up. But Brian is a true waterman. And we've worked on nicknaming him the waterman. And uh, I think that uh, it's, it's sticking. What do you think, buddy? <laughs> Oh, I I love it. You know, I 100% pay the bills off of the water, you know, through bass fishing and charter fishing. And, you know, I'm very privileged to do it. And I think they both carry weight to each other. So, like, the daily coming out here running charters every day keeps you fresh. It keeps you thinking about how fish change. Even these are different than bass. The conditions affect them, okay? The tide affects them. The time of year affects them. So I'm always, always thinking, okay, how do I catch these fish? How do I get these people their limit of fish? And it carries over to bass fishing, the mentality of, okay, we got to figure it out. Let's go. You know, so it helps. That's a great intuitive thought right there. And it's interesting how that experience can help you multifaceted in in both ways that you're providing income for your family with the charter boat business and obviously as a professional bass angler. What's interesting, and I'm going to kind of ask you this, of the difference between rivers and lakes. Obviously, you spend a lot of time out there on tidal fisheries, Potomac River, uh, your home kind of tournament venue there, I guess, in the upper Chesapeake Bay would be considered it as well as as a home venue for you. But how do you change tactics, fishing grass from a 
a river system like the Chesapeake Bay, like the Potomac River? And what's the difference and how do we relate that to lake fishing? Because obviously you've got vegetation in, in both types of fisheries. What are the critical differences between the two? Critical, critical differences is the water movement. So growing up tidal, many, many times we sit on a particular grass bed for hours, knowing that they're not biting now, the tide's not right, they will bite. And that's because we were blessed to be on that particular spot during practice and witness the tide affect the bite. So we know where to be, when to be there, and there's a lot of patience involved. Carry over to the lakes that do not have current, especially if you get up north. Hey, they're not biting. Well, they're not there, okay? You're not waiting on the current. You're not waiting on the tide. So it carries over to a degree to where if you're on a lake that doesn't move a lot of water, sometimes it could be a morning thing or an afternoon thing. But generally speaking, if they're not biting, they're just not there. So then you get into some of these TBA lakes that have grass. Right. Even the grass fish can feel the current when they start generating water. So then we start looking into the, the release schedule or the, you know, the power generating schedule. And, okay. 12 noon, they're going to start moving some water. So, hey, that one grass that I really like, I'm going to be there at that time. But when you get up north, it can be like, okay, they're just not here. You know, let's keep moving until we find them. They're biting. We just got to find them. So those areas or those bodies of water that have current, it seems like it can be a little bit trickier, whereas you'll catch one or two in a lake if there's fish around or present. It might not be on fire at that time. They might be firing different times of the day, but on a river system, there's a distinctive time and place where it's going to go down. Unless you experience that, it can be a little bit more of a puzzle to figure out, it sounds like. 100%. Yep. And if you're dissecting the tidal fishery for practice, if you got three or four key places that you know are going to play big time in that event, you have to check them on different tides because they'll show you eventually what tide they want so you don't have to really waste time being there on the wrong tide. Interesting. Good stuff. Well, hey, Bass Edge Nation, hang in here. We're going to drop the power poles, take a short break. We'll be back with Brian Schmidt in a minute. Bass Edge Radio will return. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented in part by Lawrence Electronics returns with FLW Tour Angler Brian Schmidt in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products. For oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements, be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping. It works. Brian, in my experience, bait selection, super critical in the summertime as the water warms up. It seems like bass get a little bit more finicky. What are your go-to warm water baits for grass fishing, and do they differ from a river system to a lake? Uh, Definitely. When you start getting the finicky bite, if you have clean water, you know, if the water's not too dirty, I'm immediately going to go to a missile bait 48. It's a stick worm style bait. It's a unique bait. 
both ends of the bait are equal size. It has a very unique fall, wacky style. Always can catch them on that. If it's finicky, I love throwing it wacky in the grass, you know, light line. It will show you fish are there too. You might be able to follow up with a different bait, but that's a good tool of mine for finicky fish. Brian, one thing, you know, along those lines, are you throwing that in more of the, just the dark areas or on the edge or how are you targeting? Because that's generally a slower type presentation, you know, where it's kind of hard to cover a lot of water. So how do you adopt more of that power finesse fishing into into that and what should a person be looking for? Um, so immediately I'm going to the edges with that. I can't really fish that into thick matted stuff. I'm on the tapering edges, any kind of sparser clumps, I'm getting a couple bites now I might follow up and go through the thicker stuff in that key zone with more of a flipping style bait. Hey, if I got low light, I'm going to swim a jig, throw a you know, vibrating jig through those same key areas. But for a finicky bite, I'm definitely going to start on the edges there. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and one other bait that I know that you've had a lot of success with, I don't know, maybe you can elaborate if it plays into the grass bite at all. And I'm going to ask you, do you say it Neko or Nico? I say Nico, and I could be saying it wrong. Well, I, I, I'm with you there, but it uh, wouldn't be the first thing I've done wrong. How does that play into grass fishing? It's big. I mean, that particular technique is catching a lot of fish, cashing a lot of checks for tour anglers, any angler. Um, it's just a unique presentation that I think it triggers bites on the fall. It triggers bites just sitting still. It triggers bites just shaking a little bit. With the nail weight in the end of the bait, it has a unique kind of pulsating action if you shake it. It's just something that I'm sure has been going on in Japan for 20 years, and it's probably now considered power fishing in Japan, but it's our big, big finesse deal now in, in the U.S., and it, it catches them. I've kind of fallen in love with it too much. I had a buddy of mine actually say to me, I think it was like two days ago, he's like, everything I see on your social media now, you're throwing a spinning rod. <laughs> and you know, and it kind of caught me off guard, too. You know, I'm like, that is true. But, wow, the amount of bites you get on it. And you could catch, in my opinion, it catches the biggest fish, too. It's just a deadly deal, especially if they're not really firing hard. We all love picking up a baitcaster, you know, a heavier line and getting after it. But there's times you have to do that. And, I mean, you look at what John Cox has done this year. I mean, he's, yeah. he's weighed in a lot of fish doing that deal. Very true. We just talked about him on uh, last episode and, and what he has been able to do here in the last several tournaments. But hey, Brian, I want to shift gears a, a little bit here because both you and Kurt have a big event coming up at Lake Champlain, the final event of the tour regular season. What do you anticipate as you get ready for your final preparations? Well, the biggest thing... I'm going to start with my boat. I mean, we're going up to big water. You know, I'm going to have my boat right. I might have spares for everything in my boat. Everything's going to get tightened, oil change, lower unit oil change, just getting everything mechanical right that I can. But with that being said, once we start fishing, you know, the Northeast, we've had a very cool, wet spring. We've had rain for six months. Uh, things are going to be a little bit different when we get there. Relating to the spawn, without a doubt, you know, we get up to New York, upstate New York. Everything's kind of spawning that time of year. We're going to be shallow. It's just 
hey, are we going to target the smallmouth or the largemouth? In my opinion, that particular venue, you have to pick one and go all in on it throughout your practice. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm keeping an eye on the weather up there every day, the water level and stuff like that. But just got to have your equipment definitely dialed in for that event. Yeah, I, I got to concur with that, Brian. Uh, we've been exchanging some texts and, and talking about things, about how to get ready. And fishing is one thing, but obviously for me, it's a 37-hour truck for me to get up to Champlain. But watching the weather has been really important. But, you know, when you're in a position like Brian and I happen to be in this year, which is, you know, hopefully making the cup, coming into Champlain, the final regular season event of the year, and having a quality finish, the first step is being prepared, getting the boat prepared, getting some baits and techniques and, and some thought process prepared. Not that you're going to be dialed in and just go all in right out of the gate on something, but having some thought process of how to attack it and then be willing to adjust based on what you see on the fishery once you get there with water temps and seasonal behavior patterns. And man, it's going to be a fun event. I'm super excited for this event just because of what's going to happen. We are going to crack them no matter what. If you finish in 150th place or you win the tournament, you're going to crack them because we're going to Lake Champlain at probably one of the best times of year. It's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. All right, Brian, well, let's answer a couple listener questions that we've had come in this past month. This segment of the show is sponsored by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. We've got a couple of interesting questions here. Let's start with this one from Jonathan Medor, I think his last name is. Jonathan I'm sorry if I butchered that, but um, Jonathan's question for you, Brian, is how effectively can I plan to locate bass in extremely high water? Seven to ten feet above pool, which we've seen a lot of in the Midwest this spring. Also, referring back to Terry Bolton's podcast about fishing drains, how do you locate a drain effectively and fishing? So, two-part question there. High water, how do you locate them? And then, how do you locate an effective drain to fish? Okay, with the high water, I'm going to give this gentleman a simple, stupid answer here. That is extreme high when you're talking seven, eight, nine foot high. So generally speaking, your flatter bays, your flatter pockets, your flatter ends of the lake, that's going to be overwhelming. The real estate that the fish will have at that water level is incredible. So you're not going to be able to quickly dive into what they're relating to. I would look for steeper pockets, steeper coasts, steeper ends of the lake where they don't have a mile of cover. They might only have 50 feet of flooded cover. And I'm going to pay attention big time on what my bites come from, you know, what kind of trees, what kind of bushes, if the bushes aren't submerged, or, hey, are they relating to rocky or bluffy deals? That's just a little quick deal that you could run with. You don't want to go chasing the flatter deal. Hey, the lower end of the lake, it might have more fish, but it might be way too much cover to find them. Mm. So that's a little deal I would do with that. Great tip. That's a great tip. And how about the uh, drain part of the question? How about locating a drain and effectively fishing it? Okay, we'll just dive into that. You know, I've seen that play a lot of times. So drains, I would also refer to as trenches. These places, especially if you have vegetation, if you can find a drain or a ditch in vegetation leading into a spawning area, out of a spawning area, or even on a major flat, those are 
key feeding areas. They're staging areas. I'm going to idle till I find these. I'm going to find the ends of them, you know, the very back piece of it. I'm going to know the full length of it, and then I'm going to fish it. I'm going to use a crankbait. I'm going to use a vibrating jig, and then I'm going to slow down. I might have a Carolina rig. But depending on the time of year, those can be the biggest, biggest players. I've witnessed it this year at Harris Chain. I found a trench in a grass bed, and it was like this magic trench that would lead into a spawning bay. But the critical thing is time of year can affect the bite. So that particular event, these fish would fire first thing in the morning. You know, when I actually found the spot with my electronics, it wasn't visible. I caught, I think, one or two smaller fish, but it was midday. Well, I decided to start there, and first thing in the morning, they would actually, it was like they were feeding heavy, and you couldn't miss them. So if you find a spot like that, and you feel it's in a good area, you might want to check it during different times of the day. That's a big key, too. That's a great point, Brian, and that kind of goes back to our previous conversation about the difference between current-oriented or river-type fisheries with grass and then places that don't have current, you know, like Florida or, or any kind of reservoir that's got vegetation that doesn't have the current. You caught a fish there at a certain time of day, but then worked it at other times and really was able to capitalize it. So uh, that kind of leads back into some of the previous part of the interview. That was pretty cool. Last question. Yep. We got Ben Gephardt. Ben asked a real interesting question. For someone who doesn't have a boat and fishes mainly from shore, what is the bait you throw and what specific points along the shore do you throw at? I think you cannot go wrong with a stick bait style worm. If it's a Sanko, a Sticko, a 48, whatever you want to use. Texas rig or wacky rig, depending on the time of year, I'm going to look for the springtime. Hey, we're in the spawn. I'm looking for flatter, shallower areas, you know, some sparse vegetation. You know, I'm going to use that. Hey, we're in the summer. Now I'm going to look for my steeper parts of the shoreline, especially if there's a steeper stretch with a point that might jut out just a little bit. Well, that point probably underneath the water goes out a little bit, and that's a really good place fishing the shore. Because you can fish the deeper side of the point, the shallower side, follow that all the way through the summer. And then, hey, we get in the fall time of year. I'm looking for some vegetation or maybe if there's a creek or a stream flowing in, I'm going to relate to that. The bait starts to move towards that, whatever food that that particular body of water has. It could push to the river end or the creek end of the fishing off the shore there. Brian, appreciate your detail on all of those questions, and I'm sure Jonathan and Ben do as well. Jonathan and Ben, we need uh, another item from you, and that is to simply log on to BassEdge.com, click the Claim Your Prize segment, put in your information, or go to support at BassEdge.com, send us an email, or any of our social media platforms. Let us know that you heard Brian answer your questions on the show, and we will get out the Bass Edge gift directly to your house. No doubt, guys. Thanks for supporting Bass Edge, and listeners, keep those questions rolling into the show via our website. Have a shot at winning another gift from Bass Edge Radio in the following months. Don't forget, you can also email those to support at BassEdge.com or simply leave a comment on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Well, Brian, I know uh, obviously you're, you're in the mood of catching fish and you've got clients on the boat, but before we let you go, any uh, closing thoughts as we get ready to shut down and also want to wish you best of luck at Champlain next week? Oh, definitely, man. Thank you guys for having me. 
I enjoyed it. I'm going to one of my favorite lakes, uh, Lake Champlain, for the final tour event. Couldn't be more excited about that. I don't know. I just I have a deep, deep love relationship with that place. Even if I go up there and bomb, it's just it's a beautiful place. Sometimes we get into fishing and we're just focusing on our you know our electronics or looking at the water. This is one of those places I find myself actually looking around at the scenery. I'm looking at the mountains and stuff, and you know it's cool because sometimes you're doing that and all of a sudden you get a bite so it's full of fish me and kurt we're definitely going to get after it there and we're going to put it together and get it done well listen brian i know that uh, you had mentioned about kurt's organization i don't want to let that go on deaf ears but i agree <laughs> kurt does a phenomenal job of putting the show together those type of things do you ever get tired though of him sitting around in his loincloth burning sage <laughs> and you know out in the woods? <laughs> oh yeah definitely i didn't want to dive into that but uh <laughs> Kurt's sense of humor. Uh, a lot of guys, I guess, you know, you got to be around a little bit. He's got a very awesome sense of humor. Uh, we find ourselves laughing a lot more than, you know, normal, especially at an event. You know, it's all serious and you're all in and, you, you know, you're tired, you're wore out. But sometimes they were just laughing so hard. It's, yeah, life's, life's too short to be in a bad mood, right? That's right. Alright, hey, Brian, thanks so much for being here. I gotta send you off with our final segment. Four last questions for you. What is your favorite music while on the road to and from events? Hmm, you know, I'm usually trying to get pumped up. I'll listen to some hip-hop, believe it or not. I'll get a little groove going and listen to a little hip-hop. Nothing crazy, you know, just getting excited and you know, getting to an event and everything. Things, adrenaline yeah. flowing that's a lot like some hype yeah. music right <laughs> yeah all right now who is your pick for flw aoy top five in the standings john cox david dudley buddy gross joseph webster and scott martin you know you got two guys in there that have had very strong success at champlain which is david dudley and mr scott martin with that being said I'm leaning heavy towards Mr. Dudley. I just know it's going to suit his strengths. But the other goofy thing is my second pick is Mr. John Cox. The role that he's been on this year, you know you can find fish shallow. You know he's a very good sight fisherman, bed fisherman. He could find a little deal that could be a little sneaky away from everybody. So one of those two, David or John, there for sure. There you go. What's the last picture you took with your phone? Oh, I actually took a screenshot of my fish finder this morning loaded with rockfish. <laughs> there you go. And what is the best thing about me being your roommate? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Self-serving. <laughs> Knock that one out of the park, Brian. <laughs> the, the best thing would be the honesty. Win, lose, or draw, I know Dove shoots me straight, and uh, that goes a long way. So yeah. I don't know if I ever told you that. I appreciate that. Oh, man. No, I'm going to send you a heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Get a room. Yeah, right. That goes a long way. Man, it's awesome. Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, good luck on the rest of your charter boat trip today. Thanks for hanging with Bass Edge Radio. Look forward to Champlain, buddy. Let's do this thing. Bass Edge Radio will return in a moment. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough 
and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWear Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWear Keel Guard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Kurt, I really thought I was going to get some scoop on you, but, uh, you know, Brian is just a straight shooter, nice guy. Maybe it's because he had clients on his guide boat that he couldn't give me the real real stuff. I don't know. I, I just think there's just not that much juice, buddy. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, it, man, it was great having Brian on the show. Love talking to him about grass fishing. That is definitively his expertise as he talked about that's what his confidence in if there's an opportunity to potentially catch some fish out of a grass in a tournament venue or any fishery for that matter when he drops his boat that's what he's going to go try to focus on and i, and I think it's good information for all bass edge nation to understand what your strong suit is and try to make that work don't die on it but try to make it work if it doesn't work then move on to other things but if you've got a strong point and a confidence marker go for that marker first go for that technique first go for that type of cover and um, see what you can make out of it but uh, it was great hearing brian on the difference between current and lakes and with no current bait selection edges that was one thing also in the interview that i thought brian was very definitive about was edges so those are those key ambush points and grass beds don't become over and unindated with it but the other thing i gotta bring this up aaron i'm sorry but he talked about big areas of grass and that can be overwhelming at times but he feels like when you find an area with lots of grass no matter what somewhere there's going to be bass in that process so he tries to dial that down as well but focusing on key areas in those bigger grass beds so a lot of fun talking with brian schmidt always love having him on the show yeah good stuff great guy great angler would like to remind all bass edge listeners continue that information train education platform by visiting bassedge.com and certainly all of our social media pages but uh, just a reminder psychology of exceptional fishing the videos all the stuff that's on there in between our every two week episode a lot of great stuff to look at there also keep sending in those listener questions for an opportunity to have yours chosen to be answered on the show and receive that bass edge gift but a lot of great questions kurt you've got a tough job of uh, trying to select which ones so uh, always enjoy hearing and i learn a lot from when those questions come in and the anglers answer those so regardless we are out of time hard to believe june 15th episode 306 comes to an end we look forward to spending time with you 307 on july 1st right before the july 4th holiday in the meantime have a great week everybody for kurt dove i am aaron martin for the rest of the bass edge crew we will see you episode 307 july 1st so long everybody the edge 
is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. 